0: Good morning and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and just a fabulous morning. A little fog out there. Gosh, didn't it come in really thick last night? All of a sudden, I looked out the window and boom, there was the fog bank in the field and, you know, tough to see driving last night. Fall has begun. You know, the trees are changing. It was amazing last weekend. All of a sudden, you know, I was at uh, out on Peaks Island at a wonderful wedding um, Ashley and Nick, congratulations. Uh absolutely beautiful day, nice breeze, low humidity, just fabulous out there last weekend. And just the hint of some of the trees changing. And then within two or three days last week, you started to see all the signs showing up. We were talking the last couple of weeks about how you could just kind of see the haze of change in the in the uh air, you know, in the trees out there. And now it's started. You can start to see some of the leaves dropping, Uh, plants are starting to shut down, Uh, Everything's slowing down, which is what we want. You know, Maine, it's very important that at this time of year, we let our plants slow down. We want to continue to water, we want to continue to keep them happy, but the fertilization is over for now. The number one question this whole week was, should I fertilize my plants? And no, okay, no, no, no. We're not going to feed until late fall at this point, okay? If we're going to do anything, we're going to root stimulate, and we're going to make sure that everything is happy. And water is your biggest thing. Now, we've had a fair amount of rain, but things will dry out fairly quickly. And, you know, now is the time. You know, we've been talking about you can start dividing, transplanting. Now is the time. Today is the day. And the reason being, we've got wonderful rain coming tonight and tomorrow. It's a perfect time if you have a chance to divide things this afternoon or move them. It's a great opportunity. We have low humidity. It's going to be mid-70s today. In the afternoon, if you go and move something tonight, it's going to start raining. And we're going to have about a whole day of rain tomorrow. So if you are able to move things today... It's the perfect conditions to limit stress on the plants. It's a great, great opportunity. So today is the day. Seize the day. But you, if you look out at your evergreens, you're starting to see some of the natural shedding going on. This is a question that we get time and time again um, every single fall. You know, you're going to start to see the pines start to yellow up. You're going to see the arborvitae start to shed interior. Chamociparus are going to lose some of their, you know, leaves and needles in the center of the plant. A lot of evergreens are going to do their natural shedding this time of year. Okay, so you'll start to see some yellowing. Don't be alarmed. You know, if you have planted some of these plants and they're new this year, you know, a little extra water, but it's natural for them to shed about 20% of their needles on the interior. And that's just a natural progression. Every single year they do it. There's not a lot we can do about it, but that will start to happen. It's their way of shedding some of their old needles and getting ready for winter. If you are going to go ahead and transplant any of these evergreens, using wilt proof is a good um, thing to do for transplanting. Now, a lot of times people have used that for winter protection primarily. Winter protection, you know, starting in probably late October or November, you spray down your rhododendrons, some of your evergreens, helps protect from the winter winds and winter, you know, uh, ice and snow. But willproof also is really good at shutting down transpiration in plants to a point where they don't get, they don't get stressed when you move them or it helps limit stress. So, you know, if you want, go ahead out there this morning, either pick up a a bottle of wilt proof or spray down your plants this morning after the dew dries dries off. And then when you go to move them later this afternoon, they've got the extra layer of protection. We've got good rain coming. Perfect scenario, okay, for moving any of your evergreens or any broadleaf Um, you know, hollies, mountain laurel, mountain Andromeda, um, rhododendron, stuff like that. In fall, it's always, it catches up to us. You know, summer, bam, it's gone. Then fall is upon us. Fall is a short season, maybe six to eight weeks. But what I want you to make sure you do is get that compost pile ready because you're going to have a lot of organic matter coming soon. So do you have an area ready? Do you have an area prepped? You know, do you have the tools necessary? We're going to kind of talk about your tools for fall, what you should have ready, double check them. We're also going to talk about um, winter, you know, things you need to do to get ready for winter this week. I know it's terrible snow, ice, all of that. It's coming. You know, if you have a question about any planting or any gardening stuff, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. I I can't believe how green my lawn is since we had all of that rain. I mean, it's thick, it's lush. I do have a fair amount of crabgrass, but at this point, I'm going to not worry about it. I'm starting to mow my lawn shorter and shorter each week in prep for fall. So normally all summer, we kind of tell you three inches, mow it three inches, mow it three inches. Now I'm starting to cut mine at two. Okay. I'm bringing it down another notch. I'm starting to get ready for fall. I'm letting those clippings get in there. Um, I don't want the lawn to be too thick going into fall you know having that opportunity for snow mold and some of the other fungus problems to arise now's a good time to think about dethatching your lawn if you need to and or starting to mow it down a little bit lower now you want to be cautious about water we don't want it to dry out at this time of year and if you're going to overseed mowing your lawn a little bit lower isn't a bad idea either. It'll open up more of those spaces for the, the grass seed to germinate and do not bag your lawn if you overseed. Those clippings will help cover over the seed. It will give them a nice moist environment for them to germinate. I put some seed down on some patches about 10 days ago and they're all up and looking great. I have not watered them once. Okay, These are Areas that I had some plow damage that I didn't get to this past spring, and I just had some extra seed in the garage. I threw it down and raked it in a little bit, put a little lime on top of it, a little starter fertilizer, and bam, 10 days later, it's looking beautiful. And, you know, we're going to have some nice rain coming. So if you are going to mow your lawn today, maybe mow the lawn, leave the clippings, and overseed your lawn before this rain. It's perfect perfect time frame and or if you're putting any fall fertilizer, today's the day also. So I know it's going to be beautiful out there, but it's probably time to get out there and start doing some of these things so that it's not October. September's flying by. The low humidity, you know, the threat of frost is right around the corner. That vegetable garden is starting to wane. The fall foliage report is out, you know. Mainfoliage.com, great way to kind of keep track of that fall foliage when it's kind of coming into peak i usually you know hit that a few times during the season so that i know when i need to take my hike to bradbury or i need know when i need to go and take a look at the foliage or go for a ride and check it out out in the mountains it's close folks up north is changing quick you know it's moose season you know starting next week you know, so all those hunters are going to be out there hunting moose. And, you know, so that is that time of year when everything is really starting to peak up there in northern Maine. So great time to get out, you know, maybe book a, a room at a bed and breakfast and go for a little trip. You know, and, and on the drive in today and yesterday when I when I was coming home from, from work, looking at the gardens the evergreens are really starting to take a focal point in the garden now. You know, a lot of the perennials are kind of past bloom. A lot of the plants are being cut back. You know, the fall foliage is starting to show on some of the deciduous material. But the evergreens are coming to the forefront now. They're really starting to show up again. You know, all summer we've been looking at these wonderful flowers and looking at all these things that have been just beautiful all summer. And now all of a sudden I just started noticing a lot more of the evergreens. They started to show back up again. You know, for so long we were focused on a lot of the things that were in our gardens that were just blooming and beautiful and wonderful. And Now all of a sudden, boom, there's that wonderful dwarf conifer that, uh, that has kind of been, you know, the backdrop of the garden all season. You haven't really focused on it, but bam, all of a sudden there it is. So now's a great time to think about those winter interests also, adding some of those into the, into the into the garden. And let's not forget grasses. Grasses are absolutely amazing right now. Um, Tons and tons and tons of plumes and beautiful texture flowing in the wind here in the fall. Um, That's the other parts of the garden that I think, you know, sits kind of dormant and lies, you know, there all season. It kind of just fades into the background and then, bam, September and October, the grasses come on. Add a ton of texture, a ton of color, um, you know, really contrast your fall foliage with many, many things. You know, if you have questions about what types of grasses you might use, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. And being that it is fall, our Scarborough and Kennebunk store are on clearance. 40 to 50% off most things in the store. Now, there's a few things that aren't included, but for the most part, we need to get rid of it. And the discounts that are in those stores are the final discounts. They're not going any deeper, just so everybody knows. If we don't sell them at that price, we're going to bring them back to Yarmouth. But what I kind of wanted to tell you was there are a lot of things that we shipped out of Yarmouth this past week to those stores so that we could bring fresh material into Yarmouth. So Yarmouth received a tremendous amount of stuff yesterday, and it looks amazing. So Yarmouth is looking unbelievable right now. We've got everything from fresh junipers to rows of Sharon that just came in that are phenomenal. The white chiffon are beautiful and to me a white white hibiscus this time of year really stands out because there's not a lot of white plants right now that look amazing. You know the hydrangeas are starting to pass bloom, they're turning pink and this white, you know, uh chiffon hibiscus to me is just a great accent and a a, a stark white plant like that really shows up nicely in the garden. Of course, we got some more hydrangeas Purple coneflowers, we not only have purple, but we have yellow, we have orange. Uh, A few varieties have come in. More sedums. The grasses, I can't speak enough about them. We've got a whole new shipment of grasses. A few hundred came in. Perennial hibiscus, and this is one I really wanted to talk about. Because I planted three last year, and we have a question later on in the show about how to overwinter perennial hibiscus. So we'll talk a lot more about that throughout the show boxwoods, beautiful trees that are going to have great fall color like sugar maples and red maples and and, and uh, crab apples with fruit on them, aster, not cotton easter, okay? We have customers all the time that come in and say, I want one of those cotton easters. It's aster. okay? It's great. I love it when people say it, but that's how you pronounce it those wonderful wonderful red berries all over that plant great low maintenance easy plant the one thing we also call it is the leaf catcher so because of its habit and whatnot all the leaves will blow underneath it so it's a little bit of a pain in the fall winter to clean all those leaves out of it but wonderful little spring flower, great little fall color, wonderful red berry, just an easy plant, you know, low maintenance, can prune it back almost any time of year. Holly, you know, the holly have all kinds of berries on it. We have one called Berryific. Berryific has a male and a female plant in the pot. So if you only need one plant, you can get berries on it, okay? We also use that as the male to cross-pollinate all your other females, and the nice part about that is even your male plant has berries on it. And I know there's two plants, there's a male and female. They're planted side by side and pruned together in the pot. So they, the plant will not have as many berries as a straight female. So what I usually tell people is put straight females in the areas that are most focal. So if you're, you know, lining your door on either side with holly, put two females there and put a berry effect someplace else. That as long as they're within sight line, it's going to cross-pollinate. Similar light conditions are important just so that you get those bees working. Okay? But that's usually what I would recommend. Don't put a male on one side of the door and a female on the other side. This time of year, it's going to look really funny. One's going to be beautiful, have all these red berries, and the other one's going to be completely green. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And every year I drive by these places where people have done that, and it just—the look is totally wrong. The other thing is with male and female hollies, they do not grow at the same rates. The female varieties have had a lot of hybridization over the years. The males, they do not put a lot of work and effort into the shape of those. So they grow very gangly, very odd-shaped, you have to prune them much more so it doesn't work putting them side by side. So the other the other type of holly I wanted to talk about was winterberry. Winterberry is in its glory right now. It's showing up in the landscape, but in the containers in the nursery, the red berries are bright red right now. They haven't dropped their leaves yet, but the berries are set. They're beautiful on the plant. And there's so much more. I mean, I could go on forever. But if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
1: No, know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies.
2: But wouldn't you rather come to
3: someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you?
2: Someone who knows Maine's soil,
0: Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent
4: garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Espoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a Tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. You know
1: those Black Friday doorbuster deals where they offer ridiculous prices on a few items? Well, imagine that on almost every item. Esther Brooks and Scarborough and Kennebunk are closing for the season on Monday, October 14th and all trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, ground covers, and annuals are now 40 to 50% off. You'll enjoy a head start on next spring, and you won't even have to camp out the night before. To learn more, visit Estabrooks in Scarborough Kennebunk, or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Can you feel the change coming? Leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Homegrown Garden Mums are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. A true harbinger of fall, these fantastic plants will bring the colors of autumn to your home all season long. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit Estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. And uh, talking fall, you know, all the beautiful stuff that's come into Yarmouth, some great, great deals down in Kennebunk and Scarborough, Um, you know, closing for the season down there. um, I believe it's October 14th, Columbus Day weekend. That Monday is our last day we are opening those two stores. Don't wait, though. It's important that you visit those stores sooner than later, because obviously the later it goes, uh, you know, the less material that's available. But there's some great deals on all sorts of different things down there, you know, and some obscure things that it's just not worth us, you know, sending it back to Yarmouth early, or we have some of them already available uh, in the Yarmouth store. So, you know, a whole bunch of Beautiful things on sale, you know, some shopworn stuff, um, you know, but there's deals on fertilizers, there's deals deals on insecticides, you know, all sorts of things. It's not just plants. So, you know, might be worth a drive, take a, a run through those stores and then come visit us in Yarmouth with just the amazing fresh material. We are able to ship some of that fresh material to the southern stores also if you want. But it's not at those discounts, obviously. Um, So, you know, check with the stores. If there's something you don't see there, you know, certainly they they can order it from Yarmouth and send it down. But mum's the word still. You know, it's mum season planting has been in full swing. We are starting to get low on some colors in some sizes. So don't wait. You know, I know it sounds like it's too early. It's been beautiful, 70 to 75 degrees, you know, but there are some sizes and some colors that we're getting a little low on. It's a great problem for us to have. It's a terrible problem for you to have. So start thinking about it. I know your annuals aren't looking that great right now. Um, You know, customers are coming in and just saying, you know, the August kind of dry season we had and then coupled with all that rain we had, just things are beat up. And a little bit later in in the show, I'll talk a little bit about cabbage and kale and why I think you should use more of cabbage and kale. It's one of those plants that I think gets overlooked every single season. And then, of course, the grasses, you know, go hand in hand. But late season, you know, October into November, Thanksgiving time frame, that's when all of those types of things really shine. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we've got a question from Liz in Arundel. My flowering cabbage is yellowing and dropping lower leaves. Should I be watering more or fertilizing more? I'm not sure on this plant. What I should be doing, I also have round holes starting to show up. What are the problems that are going on? Well, Liz, it's a, it's a pretty common problem on cabbage and kale. Um, first off, you're probably having a little bit of inconsistency in water. Uh, if your plant really wilts hard, you'll get a bunch of yellowing leaves on the bottom. It's also, as it ages, uh, you know, cabbage and kale will shed some of their lower leaves, so it can be normal. But your fertility is important to keep up on cabbage and kale until probably about we start getting heavy frost and freezing temperatures consistently. So good water and extra fertilizer is good on cabbage and kale. Keeps them nice dark green. Keeps them promoting new growth. You should be starting to see them head up in the center and the color start to show within the next few weeks. And once we get some cool cold temperatures, you know, which we've had a couple nights, they'll start to color. They'll start to show the purples and the whites and the bicolors and all of those things. So I don't think you're really doing anything wrong. The other thing that concerns me are the round holes in the leaves. Now that is the cabbage worm. It's what we've talked about time and time again on our cabbage in the vegetable garden, okay? So we need to spray that with some thuricide or BT. Uh, If you do not do that, you will continue to have a problem and the plant will almost be devoured by this insect. So it's something to be proactive about. We have to use it on the ornamental cabbage and kale as well as cabbage and kale in our vegetable garden. So that's a common problem. Think about doing that. If you have some general insecticide, you know, you can use it on the cabbage and kale that are ornamental. It doesn't have to be something registered for the vegetable garden. So if you have some other insecticide around the house, you don't necessarily have to buy something new. If you have some 7 or 8 or some bear and flower or some other things that we have sold you, you can certainly use that up. You know, I'm not necessarily saying you have to run in and buy that specific product. Because it's an ornamental, you know, you can use it on... You can use a whole host of different products. So, contact us at the store or give me a call here at the station seven seven five thirteen ten or eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five. We can talk about it a little bit, uh, or give me a call at the at the store. I will be in the Yarmouth store all weekend this weekend. So, if you're interested in coming in and talking uh, or have some questions, you know, don't hesitate to contact me at the Yarmouth store. Next question is from Jen. Jen's from Wyndham. I have a blue mist spirea, and it's leggy and not well shaped. When should I prune and shape the plant? Okay, blue mist spirea, uh, you know, very common problem with this plant because we don't really see it in the garden all season. It's one of those plants that doesn't really show until now. And that's a tough thing for me. Because it's one of those plants I always forget to prune, you know, it kind of doesn't look great coming out of winter, you know, I don't think about pruning it, you know, and all of a sudden, bam, it's in flower and it shows up in the garden and you're like, oh, that looks awful, you know, you cut all the perennials down around it and it's all misshapen. So a couple things with Caryopteris I usually recommend. Number one, don't plant too much material around it. Because if it doesn't have the space to grow in a nice shape, it's gonna look misformed and ugly when you have to prune all the perennials down around it, and it's looking really nice this time of year. So important to give it enough space so it grows nice and round, and and grows nice and big and beautiful. Secondly, I like to prune it about the same time as I prune my butterfly bush, so late spring. Even though that might Push the blossom back a little bit. I like to wait until the chance of frost. So I recommend butterfly bush and the Caryopteris or blue mist spirea someplace between Mother's Day and Memorial Day. I want it to be a time frame where there's very limited frost when I prune it. If it has started to leaf out, that's completely fine. We're just going to shear it back, give it some nice organic fertilizer like a a plant tone, and then it's going to just explode with growth. Okay. And we want that space to have that space so that it grows out. Now, I'm not going to give it a lot more feed until probably about mid July or August because I don't want it to put on too much growth. I just want to keep it nice and green. Now, Blue Mispirea will yellow significantly if it dries out. So watch your water in July and August. It drops and sheds a lot of leaves if it dries out too much. It wilts very easily if it's in a dry soil, but it likes a dry soil. So another thing I would recommend is it might be a good area for you to plant some annuals. Instead of perennials around blue mist spirea, plant some annuals. You know, not right underneath it because we don't want to fertilize it too much, but plant it in that area where you know you're going to have kind of a fall transition. You're going to take your annuals out. That's going to be a showstopper. You add a pumpkin or two with it, uh, you know, a couple other things, and it really kind of comes together. So if you have questions about how you should be treating your plants, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Going to say it again, great time to transplant stuff, perennials, trees, Shrubs, many things this time of year, it's the perfect time. And right now, it's really important we've got the perfect conditions. You know, it's going to be a nice sunny day today, cool, not too warm, 70 ish, uh you know, low humidity. Great time to spray those plants down with wilt proof and then transplant them late in the day today. You can get started on all your perennials all day. If you've got a shrub, Wait until maybe mid afternoon, move that, get it all prepped, ready, move it, watering really well, and then bam, we've got a nice day of rain. You know, perfect conditions, low stress, uh, great situation to move the plant. Um, you know, so if you've got some plans to move some things, today is the day. Here's another question from Suzanne from Gorham I have a new perennial hibiscus. I've had a tough time overwintering the plant. Do you have any tips? So we just got this whole big, um, you know, crop of perennial hibiscus that just came in yesterday, and they look amazing. Um, Cranberry Crush is a variety I really like. It's dark, dark red, really, really beautiful um, in full bloom right now. I have that variety in my yard, and it has done very well. So Suzanne, here's here's a co- a couple tips. The first tip is. We're going to take a quick break. That's my first tip. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about hibiscus. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB.
2: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more?
1: Casella Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape.
2: Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs.
1: Earthlife NutriMulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients.
2: Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
1: You know those Black Friday doorbuster deals where they offer ridiculous prices on a few items? Well, imagine that on almost every item. Estabrooks and Scarborough and Kennebunk are closing for the season on Monday, October 14th. And all trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, ground covers, and annuals are now 40 to 50% off. You'll enjoy a head start on next spring, and you won't even have to camp out the night before. To learn more, visit Estabrooks and Scarborough or Kennebunk or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Can you feel the change coming? Leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Homegrown garden mums are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. A true harbinger of fall, these fantastic plants will bring the colors of autumn to your home all season long. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're talking hibiscus, perennial hibiscus in particular. And just before the break, we were kind of talking about, uh, we had a question from Suzanne from Gorham. She has a perennial hibiscus and has had a tough time overwintering the plant. Do you have any uh, tips? She has just purchased another one and planted it. And perennial hibiscus uh, can be a little bit tender. Um, You know, in Gorham, you may be right on the borderline of, things doing well. A couple things with perennial hibiscus that I've kind of found is they like to be on the moist side. They don't like to be too dry. So, you know, that's the first tip I have. If it's a really dry soil or really heavy clay soil, you may have problems, okay? So perennial hibiscus, try to plant them as early in the season as you can. Now is completely fine, but once we kind of get to, I'd say, October 1st, we want to be cautious, okay? At that time, you know, things are starting to slow down, and they won't put on a lot of root system. Secondly, the thing I recommend with perennial hibiscus, do not, I repeat, do not cut them back in the fall. I know, that doesn't seem quite right, because it's a perennial, right? The reason I don't cut mine back is because I want to know where they are in the spring. And I know it's kind of a little messy out there in the yard. You've got these big dead sticks there all winter. But I want to know where the clump is for next spring. More often than not, you think they're dead. And they don't show back up because we have planted a whole bunch of things and they get covered up. So leaving enough space for a hibiscus because each one's going to be three by three or bigger. You know, so you need a big spot for this hibiscus. Root competition is not a great thing for these plants. And they come out of the ground in late May. All of a sudden, you'll see six inches of growth where for weeks on end during spring, things are blooming, things are coming up, things are looking wonderful, and you kind of go, I don't know what's going on over in that area, but there's nothing going on. So something must be dead. So you come to the garden center and you start plunking some new stuff in. Keys to success, limit your fertilizer after August 1st. You know, not a lot of extra fertilizer on this plant wants to be kind of, you know, not on the fertile side, okay? Not a lot of extra compost around it. Keep them moist. Mine are in a moist area. They have an area that it gets good moisture, and the moisture kind of goes to that area. And then I've kind of got them mounded up a bit, so they suck up the moisture like a sponge, okay? Mine wilted very little all summer this year. Even in the hot August, you know, heat, I watered them maybe once a week, Um, The soil I have them in is really nice and rich. It's super soil, you know, a mixture of compost and soil, uh, really good soil. And again, don't cut them back in the fall. Leave that material up. They also, those old stems are great for stakes. When that plant gets big and has all those big flowers, some of the varieties like to flop. And you have to stake them. Uh, cranberry crush is one that does not i've found you ha- you don't have to at all so really really great you know scenario there that those old stems will will be stakes they'll really kind of hold up nicely and you know you've got those big dinner plate flowers you know six eight inch flowers dark crimson red and we've also got Some nice pinks and some other colors that came in. Just a great plant. I can't tell you what a nice accent and color it is at this time of year. There's not a lot going on out there in the garden, folks. And this is one that comes on late season and really shows its glory. The other thing I recommend is at this point in the season, about September 15th, stop taking the dead blossoms off of them. Let the seed pods set. Okay. Again, it's that whole thing of not pushing our plants too late in the fall. And early season, I take the seed pods off. I go out and I pick the dead seed pods off so that the plant will keep blooming. Mine's been in bloom probably about four weeks now. And as you go later in the season, the flower size gets smaller and smaller. But right now, I've got a tremendous amount of flowers all over ours. But at this time, I'm going to stop Taking the seed pods off. I want the plant to think, okay, I've reproduced. I can go dormant now. I don't want to push it all the way into late fall. I know that's a little bit of a sacrifice, but again, we've talked about this time and time again on a lot of your plants that aren't overwintering well. Many times that's the scenario that we need to kind of, you know, look at. We need to look at how do we get them to slow down and go into fall. Butterfly bush is one. The Caryopteris blue mispirea is another. You know, these hibiscus are another. They'll grow themselves to death if we keep pushing them and and get them to be too happy in the fall. We want them to kind of stress out and go to seed. Your butterfly bush is another one. You should not be pruning that back or... Cutting off the blossoms anymore. Let it go to seed. Let those brown seed pods stay on there. Let the plant start to go dormant. Let it show its fall color and then go into dormancy. So, Suzanne, I hope that helps. You know, to re- reiterate, don't cut the plant back. Leave the stems for the winter. Keep the plant moist. Good fertilizer in the spring, you know, April, May, and June. Plant tones a great way. Um, and then we're going to stop. We're just going to let it have its glory. Um, If you're planting a little bit later, you know, good mark mulch around the base, but not over the top of the crown, okay? Keep them moist right until the ground freezes, okay? If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We've got another question here from Jim from Pownal. I've purchased all my spring bulbs. When is it okay to start planting? Also, do garden mums overwinter... Some overwinter for me sometimes, should I be doing something else to get them to overwinter better? Okay, a couple good questions here. We're going to probably split it up into two questions. So we'll start with the spring bulbs, okay? So we're planting, we're thinking about planting bulbs at this time. Customers have been purchasing their bulbs, and I've been talking about this the last couple weeks, that now's the time to purchase your bulbs, but we're not quite there to plant them yet. Okay, we've got a whole bunch of other work we need to do in the garden first. So, right now we we should be cleaning up, we should be dividing, you know, making space for things. But along with that is planning for your bulbs. Okay, so if you purchase them, you know, now you can, as you're doing all of this other work, kind of plan for where they're going to go. And if you have other bulbs already in the garden, hopefully you marked the spot when they're in bloom in the spring with just a nice popsicle stick, you know, or something that says tulips, you know, in this area, Uh, daffodils in this area. So when you clean those up in the spring, just stick that stick in there. Use a grease pencil, you know, because it will not wash away. You know, a black marker will fade like a Sharpie or something like that. But grease pencils are great for gardeners. Everyone should have one because they really, really do hold up all season. And so mark those when they go by in the spring, and that way when you're going in the fall and planning for more bulbs in your garden, you know where they are because it's a long season and we forget by the time we go to plant this fall. So, Jim, when it comes to fall bulbs, it's good you've got them. Now you're starting to think about where you want to put them. My suggestion with bulbs is I want the temperatures during the day probably in the 50s. I want temperatures at night, probably someplace in the thirties. So when we get to that time frame, it's the perfect time to plant your bulbs. October probably is your month, though you can plant bulbs all the way up till the ground freezes. The big thing is we want two to two to two weeks if we can for rooting. Now, the thing about it, I have planted bulbs all the way up till the week of Christmas. You know, some years we have a really warm, you know, fall season. We don't have a lot of frost. We don't get cold, cold temperatures. And we can plant as late as possible. The ground temperatures are still going to stay warm a week or two after we plant, almost any time we plant. And the thing about it, when you're putting a lot of these bulbs four to six inches in the ground, say like tulips, that frost takes a while to get down there. So there's warm temperatures in the soil and they start to root. And that's all we're looking for these bulbs to do is root. Now on your shallow bulbs, we want to wait a little bit longer because the soil temperatures are going to be even warmer. So your crocus, your s- snowdrops, you know, your muscaria, your grape hyacinths, things that are really small bulbs, we want to wait a little bit longer. The soil will be a little bit cooler on the deeper bulbs, like daffodils and high, high uh, big hyacinths. Um, you know your your uh, ornamental onions. You know uh, all of those tulips, daffodils, all of those things. We can do a little bit earlier. Okay, so you know it's very very easy to get started. You know I would say around the first of October. So we're not far off, but you got to kind of look at the weather and watch the weather because we don't want them sprouting up and doing their thing this fall. So you have your bulbs. You've planned where they're going to go. Even if you have to take them out, if they're in those nice little packets, go out and lay the packets where you think you're going to put them on a nice sunny day and then see what other bulbs you might need because they never go as far as you think they're going to go. So place them out in the garden and then say, okay, do I have any other spots I need things? And if I do, you can write a list. Make a list of, okay, I need three packages of daffodils and one package of tulip for here and and go and and get them. And then you'll have a general idea of what you need. There's nothing worse than coming in in mid-October looking for more bulbs and they're not available. And that's a, a pretty common thing that continues to happen every year because we don't have as many bulbs and we're telling people to buy them sooner. And, you know, the later in the season, the suppliers don't have the bulbs to ship to us also. So, you know, combination of, of a few different things. So when you plant that, I'm going to remind you also that soil perfector we talked about to help protect from those moles and voles. Stay away from the bone meal products, it will attract, you know, squirrels and other things. They think, oh, there's something good to eat in there. And then a light, bar- light bark mulch over the top. Any place that you disturb the soil in the fall, it's very common for your rodents to want to dig up and find out what's there. You know, so a little light bark mulch over the top will also help keep those critters out. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
3: not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
2: At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Fall is in the air, leaves are changing, pumpkins turning, and fall is the best time to plant trees, shrubs, and
3: perennials. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at mainigc.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at mainigc.com.
0: The Joy of Gardening by Esterooks. I'm Tom Esterook and we were answering a question by Jim in Pownal about bulbs before the break there. And I just wanted to kind of bring up one other thing that I didn't talk about is tulips are deer food. If you have a lot of deer problems, tulips are going to be one of those things that they get just to the perfect scenario of showing their color. That bud's looking wonderful. And you come out the next morning and all the buds are gone. It's very unfortunate because tulips, in my opinion, are a great, great plant. Now, one thing I want to tell people, and please do this. Tulips are meant to be used as an annual. They are not a long-lived bulb. They expend so much energy that they don't come back year after year after year. No matter what you want, it just doesn't happen. So when you're planting your tulips, think about planting them in the areas that you put your annuals. So if you have annuals that are planted in your garden right now and you go and you take them out, mark those areas and say, planting tulips here. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you dig them up, You can plant your annuals. It's the perfect timing. They bloom, you know, early to mid-May. They look beautiful for about two to four weeks, and then, bam, they're done. So when they're nice, they go by bloom, you lift the tulip bulbs, you toss them in the compost pile, and, bam, you come into the garden center, you buy your annuals, and you plant them. So there's very little transition there, but you get a nice look. You can add some pansies with them if they're not full enough early in the season. And so you have a beautiful spring look, and then bam, you go right into your summer annuals. It's a great transition, and for you know a packet of tulips, you know six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, ten dollars if they're a real, real you know um, really neat hybrids. That's cheap money for the show you get for four to six weeks, or three to four weeks depending on Mother Nature and how hard she rains in the spring. But plant them in clusters, don't plant them as soldiers in a row. It's a big thing I'm gonna look next spring at all the tulips with soldiers in a row. I hate that. It bugs me. I don't know why it does. Everybody has personal preference, but it bugs me to see a single line of tulips, 12 of them in a row. It just bugs me. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's not naturalizing. it doesn't you know doesn't work for me personally. But to each his own, as long as you love them, That's all that matters. And Jim had a secondary question. Also, how do my garden mums, how do I get my garden mums to overwinter? Some overwinter for him, but is there anything he should do to improve that? Well, Jim, you're in Pownall, so. For years, we used to call mums hardy mums. When I was a kid growing up, all you heard was hardy mums, hardy mums, hardy mums. I I don't really like that term because hardy to me means it comes back. You know, it's strong. It does well. um, You know, in in Maine, they are not hardy mums. So that's why you see we call them fall mums now. Uh, I'm thinking you get maybe one to two out of every ten you plant to come back. And there's really nothing you can do to make that work. Now we do have varieties of mums that are hardy. They're perennial mums. The thing about those is you do have to pinch them and keep them in shape. So we do have a line of hardy mums. The tough thing about perennial mums is you're never thinking about when to pinch them. You're never thinking throughout the summer how you need to care for them with water and fertilizer. So it's tough to keep them looking good. But we do have mums that will overwinter. It's just you have to do the work that we do to get them to look like the fall mums you buy every year. So your question, in sense, we do have varieties that we can call hardy mums or perennial mums. Though we need to talk to you about how to do it. And you need to write down on the calendar, you know, I need to pinch at this point. I need to cut them back at this point. I need to fertilize them at this point. Or do you just come in and buy some fall mums? They look great for four to six weeks, and then you pitch them. And if you get a few that overwinter, that's great. Mulching the crowns is not going to help. You know, doing all of the extra things aren't going to really get you where you need to be. So, Jim, I hope that helps. You know, uh, unfortunately, I wish all the fall mums were hardy, but they're just not. So wrapping up the first hour here. And it is Common Ground Fair weekend. So it might be a good opportunity to go to the fair if you ha- are making that trip. I hope you enjoy it today. going to be a beautiful day. Tomorrow, yeah, I don't know. doesn't look so great. But it might not have the crowds on a rainy day. So you might consider that. Um, you know, going to be a great, great fall weekend, though. Great weekend to get out there and do a lot of these things. If it's not raining too hard... On Sunday, another good day to get out there and work in the garden, you know, or come in and buy some plants to bring home to plant in the garden the following week. So, you know, a good day to kind of shop, um, do some of that transplanting, make sure you're getting kind of some of those things. In the next hour, we're going to kind of bring up some of the tools you might need this fall, what you should be thinking about if you have in the shed to get the work done when you want to do it, things you should do to those tools to make sure they're not broken, So when you go to rake the leaves, you have a leaf rake to rake the leaves. uh, Because I know I'm notorious for that situation of having a rake that I broke in the spring. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
3: radio.com lob and wlovradio.com
0: welcome back to the joy of gardening by Esther hour 2 first hour went by okay i'm not sure how i did but give me a call i'm lonely 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. would love to hear some questions. I have a bunch that are from the website. If you have questions, you can submit them to estabrooksonline.com or pick up the podcast there. Uh, also, you know, a lot of people um, listening via the podcast. I would love it if some folks would rate the show. Um, it would be great if you could rate it on iTunes. Um, I looked at it this morning. There's not many people that have rated the show, so if you get an opportunity to do so, please just uh, do so. Good, bad, or otherwise, I'd love the feedback. It's not always, you know, just great to have all stellar, you know, reviews. Sometimes it's nice to have some some good feedback. So if you need to uh, give me a call, um, you know, or shoot me an email. You know, it's good to hear if you have some topics you'd like to see uh, or hear us covered, you know, each same thing. Instead of submitting a question, just go ahead, uh, you know, and shoot a topic towards us also. We are going to uh, be uh, going back to a recorded um show here in the near future and we're going to go down to an hour for the winter months so starting in october we're going to actually go back to our our uh you know off-season time frame so it's going to be from eight to nine o'clock um and it's going to be one hour we're going to have a lot more guests for the off-season kind of talking about things for winter new plants uh you know johnny seeds will be back we'll talk about the new catalog you know we've got a whole host to different people that, uh, throughout the winter months, it's, it's very easy to get guests on, um, you know, when we tape, um, on Saturday mornings, you know, it's, it's tougher to get guests, uh, to bring topics and take time out of their schedule. So, you know, during the growing season, we're hoping that we get more callers and, and kind of have a little bit more interaction. Um, you know, it's been a good, uh, first year, uh, but in the winter months, we're going to kind of change it up. and. Uh, you know, go back to some tape shows. So submitting your questions at com is going to be an important part. And here in the second hour, I wanted to kind of talk about tools. Because every year, this time of year, you know, you go to start doing some of these fall projects and, and whatnot, and all of a sudden, boom, my rake's broken. Or the shovel doesn't you know, is bent or, you know, you've used the the tools all season and all of a sudden you go to kind of do a project and you got to run to to the store and buy a rake or you got to run to the store and buy a tarp or all these other things. So kind of here's kind of my punch list of things that in the fall you need to kind of think about. So for your tools, this is my list of tools that I think you probably need to do most of your fall cleanup and gardening work. So your pruners, we want to do a little bit of maintenance on your pruners. Now's a good time to replace the blades. If you have Felco pruners, I would recommend Felco pruners to anyone. I know they're expensive, but they are the best pruners for your garden. And, you know, the nice part about Felco pruners is that they last forever if you don't lose them. And the blades are wonderful. You can replace them. Uh, The blades aren't too expensive. And, you know, they last for a number of years. The other thing is sharpen your pruners in the fall. Before you go to do your fall pruning, you know, prune, you know, go ahead and get them sharpened up so that you 're dealing with something that works extremely well, lubricate the springs, make sure you you know they 're in good shape. The other thing is before you put them on the shelf for the winter, do the same. lubricate the springs, make sure you spray them down, uh, clean them up, and what that will do is they 're ready to go in the spring, okay Sharpen them before you put them away also so in the spring you don 't have to do that. A tarp you know the main state flag, the blue tarp. You know, um, I I love that it, it's good for everything. You know, you can cover stuff. That's why I call it the main state flag. You know, every single year, this time of year, you start seeing it everyone's yard. You know, if you want to be PC, buy a brown tarp, not a blue tarp, and put it over the wood pile. You know, I love it when people have a leaky roof and they put the blue tarp over their roof. It's the main state flag. Okay. And, you know, you see them show up everywhere. Buy a brown one. Okay. If you're using it around the yard, I love a blue tarp. Great for leaves. You know, great for so many different projects. It makes it easy to move things around the yard. Uh, So, got to have an extra one, not the old one that you have in the corner that's in a ball, like in my garage, but have a new one all packaged up. Ready to go because that old one, you're going to put that first first pile of leaves on it. <clears throat> you're going to go ahead and start to pull and it's going to rip. That's what happens at my house. So I'm going to try to take my own advice and pick one up when I'm at the hardware store. Simple thing. Shovels, inspect your shovels, you know, look at the handles, you know, a lot of times they've dried out over the season, you know, you may have an old shovel like I do that has to be replaced, Uh, maybe you just need to buy a new handle and replace the handle, but it is quite common, Um, a handsaw, you know, when those pruners and loppers, loppers are another thing, don't work for that big, big, you know, trunk that you need to, a handsaw will work. Okay, if it's bigger than that, the chainsaw. Okay? The infamous chainsaw. Okay? Make sure you have chaps and all the safety equipment for your chainsaw. You know, don't take risks. Don't go out there in your flip flops or your Tevas and use your chainsaw. Put your chaps on. Make sure you have good steel toed boots. Be safe. This piece of equipment has more damage to people's bodies than you ever think, you know, and it's like, oh, it's just a quick cut. It's never a quick cut until it cuts your leg or your arm or kicks back or so be safe with your chainsaw. Think about a new blade for that chainsaw or sharpening it. There's nothing worse than a chainsaw that doesn't have good lubrication and a good chain on it. You know, inspect it, make sure it's not beat up from maybe work you've done in the spring. The other thing is, does it have good fuel in it? You know, with the ethanol in our fuels today, if it's sad all season, you might want to empty that fuel and put fresh fuel in. Always have stabilizer in your fuel for, you know, um, all your tools. Okay. A pitchfork. A pitchfork is a great thing to help you when you're lifting perennials. You dig around it and you can get that pitchfork underneath the plant and pop it. Okay. A good pitchfork is great for mulch. I like hay forks okay, Um, personally, rather than a, a, a regular pitchfork, okay, great for bark mulch. If you're using a shovel for bark mulch, you're missing out. If you have a nice hay fork, it will make your life so much easier. You can move more mulch. You can spread it much easier. It's a great, great way to go. It simply works into the mulch very easily. You can go ahead and take it and spread it nicely with it. It is the one thing that every single year I love that I have. An axe. For those big clumps of hostas, daylilies, all of that, an axe sometimes is important to break up those clumps. You know, and it doesn't have to be terribly sharp, you know, but an axe really does a great job of breaking up some of those big plants. Also great if you have one big root that you can't quite, take care of and you don't want to use your handsaw in the soil and you don't want to use your chainsaw in the soil an axe will just snap that root off and then you can transplant that bigger shrub so an axe comes in really handy and it doesn't beat up your other tools a wheelbarrow I can't you know it's a pain to store a wheelbarrow so if you have to borrow your neighbors you know Get one that you borrow between a couple of you, you know, if you don't want, you know, to store one. But it comes in handy all year. Every time you think you don't need one. I have my great-grandfather's. It's a 1,000 pounds. It is heavy steel. There isn't one piece of plastic on this wheelbarrow. But what I can tell you is it's tried and true. It will hold anything. And it just has held up Forever. It's a great wheelbarrow, very t- very heavy to move things in, but I know it's not going to break. So a good wheelbarrow can make a, a big difference when you're moving leaves around, you're moving soil, bark mulch, you know all of those things. Just cleaning up sticks and and stuff around the yard as as kind of things fall out of the trees. And then the infamous rakes, whether it be a heavy iron rake, a leaf rake, a wire rake. You know one of those little rakes that are extendable that you can get in around the shrubs and in underneath those cantoni asters, like we talked about earlier. rakes are gonna be obviously very important this fall <clears throat> if you're like me, my rake's usually broken when I go to use it, whether it be I broke the you know the handle at some point during the season like I did, you know or I've used the rake for a number of years, and I have four teeth on it, and the rest of it is you know it's just broken down. It needs to be replaced. So when you're coming to the garden center and you're thinking about replacing some of these things, you know a lot of times you're you're in there and you're you're not thinking about it. So I'm just kind of reminding you these are all the things that you're going to need. Think about looking at some of those. Investment in a good tool will last a lifetime. Investment in a cheap tool will last a few years a plastic rake is not something that's going to last a lifetime a very nice heavy iron rake you know for leaves is going to last a long time unfortunately many of our tools today are cheap and they're priced so that you replace them throughout your life the handles break very easily they're not made out of good wood the heads are flimsy and don't have great capacity for many years So look at good tools, you know, if you have to buy something a little more expensive, it will pay off if you take care of it. So all of those things are kind of things that we need to think about now. So take inventory in your garage, in your shed, you know, whatnot, take a look at them. At this point, we will be using them. And there's nothing worse. You go and you that first big clump of Hosta, you dig it and you try to pop that Hosta and the shovel snaps in half. Well, there we go. Off to the store. And that's, that's a pretty common thing because I don't really replace tools until they break. I've got some shovels that are probably 30 or 40 years old. They're my great-grandfather's. I've got a hoe that was my grandfather's. That I'm still using. And these handles are made amazing. But what I also do is I also make sure I oil the handles. You know, I kind of do some maintenance on them. And some of them are getting a little tired. So I've got to invest in some new tools in the near future. So take inventory, take stock. Uh, The other thing is when you're at the store, pick up some root stimulator. You can't have enough of it. Have it on the shelf because. When you go to do the transplanting, you want to have it. You can just grab it, whether it be biotone, that's a granular, or a liquid. doesn't really matter, but have that. Even if you don't think you're going to need it with the plants you're, you're buying, you know, say you grab some mums and you don't really necessarily need it because they're annuals, think about grabbing a bottle and just setting it on the shelf because you know throughout some time in the next few weeks you're going to probably move something. As we clean up and you go, oh, geez, you know, we should move that over five feet, you know, or let's move this to another garden. You're going to have that root stimulator and you can just move it and bam, you've got it. Okay. So, you know, always important to kind of go over all of those things. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on Talk WLOB.
1: You know those Black Friday doorbuster deals where they offer ridiculous prices on a few items? Well, imagine that on almost every item. Estabrooks and Scarborough and Kennebunk are closing for the season on Monday, October 14th, and all trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, ground covers, and annuals are now 40 to 50% off. You'll enjoy a head start on next spring, and you won't even have to camp out the night before. To learn more, visit Estabrooks and Scarborough or Kennebunk or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Can you feel the change coming? Leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Homegrown garden mums are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. A true harbinger of fall, these fantastic plants will bring the colors of autumn to your home all season long. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com.
4: Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Maspoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the tones, a full line of organic plant foods including holly tone, plant tone, and rose tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and Earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife NutriMulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. So I'm Tom Estabrook, your host on this dreary Saturday morning. Going to burn off to just a beautiful day today. Uh, showers coming in tonight, from what I understand. But that's okay. We can use a little rain. Great time to do some transplanting. We're talking about tools before the break there. You know, it. we never plan enough, and that's fine. You know, I'm not someone that follows my own word all the time. You know, I'm just trying to bring up things that you might think about. You know, you might think about when you're doing your your shopping and you're out and doing some of those things so that, oh, geez, I should pick up that extra rake or, you know, just so you have it because those leaves are going to fall soon. We were um, this week looking at the calendar and let's face it, it's fall. But we have to look. We're always a season ahead. So the point poinsettias are all spaced out. We're starting to talk about Christmas trees. We're starting to talk about all of these things that you guys don't really need to know about. But Thanksgiving is the latest it possibly can be. The Christmas season is going to be very condensed and, you know, intense for about three weeks, we think. So, you know, a lot of things kind of going on, a lot of discussions at the Garden Center about what we're doing and, and events we've got coming up and all of that type of stuff. But right now it's fall and I want to talk a little bit about apples cuz this is the perfect time. I like a tart apple. I don't like a mushy apple. I like one that's crisp. I like it to snap when I when I bite into it and I like it quite tart. And the apples right now I've been having some Macs and they've been wonderful. Now I got to figure out what I'm going to to next. So, you know, now's the time for apple picking. A lot of my friends have been showing pictures on Facebook and everybody's going and having a good time and the apple uh, harvest seems to be amazing. A lot of the farms are reporting record numbers on their trees. You know, a lot of beautiful beautiful days to go. Check with your with your local apple orchards and and get out there and pick some apples. And that kind of brings me around to your apple trees in your yard. How did you do this year? You know, if you have questions, give me a call, 775 or 877 393 You know, your apple trees, how'd you do? You know, were you able to keep the scab away? Were you able to keep the trees looking good? Do your leaves look nice and dark green still? Um, you know, all of these things kind of lead to what we need to do for next year. You know, inspect your trees to make sure they don't have borer at this point. Were you able to water through August and make sure they were happy? So all of these things kind of will, you know, if you're having problems with your apples and they're not the way you want, talk to us now. Don't wait till spring. Let's form a plan now. So come into the garden center. Let's talk about what you did right, what you did wrong, how we can change it. Maybe even bring in a calendar that we can write down some dates of when you should do some things and talk about all the different products you might need or just go to an apple orchard and pick pick a bushel of apples in the fall and use your apple trees as nice naturalizers bring the deer into your yard um feed the birds um you know and as an ornamental and not worry about it so much you know that's kind of you know what i'm doing in my yard i'm not planning on eating most of my apples i'll leave that up to the professional I'll go to the apple orchard and pick, you know, my 20 pounds of apples and I'll be fine. So, you know, it all depends on what you are going for. But if you're having problems, come in and see us. Now's the time to set up the plan for next year. So let's uh, take another topic here because um, it's been interesting all season. We, you know, I think back to when we started the show way back in February. I think it was February. Seems like ages ago. And we were talking about impatient downy mildew. Okay, I'm going to admit it. I flopped. Okay, I warned you. I screamed from the top of my lungs. I told you don't plant impatience. Be careful. Plant other things. But what I wanted to report is looks like downy mildew has arrived. Vindication has come. But what I want to say is if we can get all the way to September before downy mildew attacks our impatience, the heck with it. Let's plant them. Let's enjoy them for all of that time frame. If our conditions here in Maine don't put us in a situation where the impatience don't look bad until late August or September, I'll take the good six months you know, or four months or three months, whatever we get because it's such a stellar plant. I still think mixing in other things in case it hits earlier is a good thing, but it sounds to me like we have dodged a bullet. Now, there are major reports in states just south of us. Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, um, New Jersey all have had some major problems. So it's not far away. New Hampshire sporadic. Maine is sporadic, but we've noticed some, um, you know, showing up here or there. Now, we're waiting for some tests to make sure it is downy mildew. It's not something else that the plants just got stressed and dropped all their leaves, but to me, the signs are there. It'll be interesting on the reports in the next few days. So, if your impatience aren't doing well, snap a picture and send it to me. I want to take a look at it. I may even want you to bring in some samples, and I'll send them off to the state for you. Okay, but I think we're starting to run into some problems. We haven't had much of any frost on the coast here, and I'm noticing a lot of impatience now that are showing up that have no leaves on them. There's blackening stems, you know, um, and the plants just don't look good. So take a look at your impatience this weekend and see what what they look like. Shoot me an email, tom at estabrooksonline.com. Shoot me a picture. I'd be interested to see what your impatience look like. But if we can go all the way till September, I'm going to say plant impatience. And we are going to grow more impatience next year. We don't know if the disease will hit or when it will hit. But at this point, we're going to recommend people start putting them back in. Not to the extent that we have in the past. I still want you to plant some of the other plants along with them. But I think it's time to kind of push the envelope. Now, maybe so many people didn't plant impatience this year that that's part of the reason we didn't have as much of a problem. Because there's no place for the spore to spread around. So it's interesting because I've got some neighbors that have beautiful ones. My mom has a wonderful impatient in a container. It still looks great. It's been look good all season. And then you see some of the commercial plantings in Portland are starting to go downhill. The Merrill Lynch building in the Old Port all of a sudden is crashing. You know, some of the other buildings in the city of Portland have started to crash. So, you know, there's been reports here, there throughout many communities. I've seen a few in Kennebunk that have started to go down. So shoot me a picture. Tom at estabrooksonline.com. You know, I'd like, love to see what... uh you have. If, otherwise, give me a call right now seven seven five thirteen ten or eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five. We've got a question from Stacy from Sanford. This is a great question. I was excited when I saw it. Woolly adelgid on hemlock. Should we not plant hemlock because of this insect? It's a. Per- this is a great question because it frustrates me every year when in the media we have a bunch of stories. And, and articles that get put out, and it says, don't plant hemlock, we've got a problem, there's a quarantine, all of this stuff. <clears throat> Here's my take on planting hemlock. It frustrates me the fact that we're scaring people to death on this insect. Now, I take a little bit of a different approach on hemlock because our main concern about woolly adelgid is it getting into the wild. Okay, our streams, our fishing streams are typically lined by hemlock. And what we're trying to protect is the great northern Maine woods. Because we don't cut hemlocks around streams. All of our forestry stays away from streams. So primarily the hemlock stands do not get cut. And what we're trying to do is not have a situation like in southern states where the hemlocks get wiped out everywhere. Now, Woolly adelgid is a soft-bodied insect. It's fairly easy to contain in our landscape. Okay, simple oil sprays. There are many things that will knock out the insect. My concern is that we're not putting enough hemlock into people's yards that are easily taken care of by shearing, plant health care, minimal spraying, that when and if hemlock adelgid attacks, it's going to wipe out the native, and then we're not going to have any in our neighborhoods. Hemlocks are great for birds. They're thick. They're dense. They work great in shaded areas underneath shade trees. You know, there aren't a lot of things that work in that situation. Now, is there some exposure that you may have the insect down the road? Yes. The insect has basically traveled all up and down the coast. It is here, folks. But all the hemlocks that are being sold in nurseries, they're inspected before they go on a truck. They're inspected when they get here. They're clean. Now, the trick is, how do we use them effectively in the garden and make sure that we keep them clean? I haven't had much of any problems with any customers on hemlock that I know of. What we're seeing primarily is woolly adelgid attacks, very old trees, stressed trees, trees in decline, trees that may need to be removed anyways. That's where they're going first. So plant health care and making sure that your plants stay healthy is number one. It will ward off many of the problems. The other issue with hemlock is elongated scale. And that's even a bigger concern because that's more of a tough thing to get rid of. But it's only found on stressed old trees. It's not found on young, soft, supple, well-maintained, well-fertilized, well-watered trees. So it goes back to, I, I say this time and time and time again, making sure that you do the tree maintenance on even established trees. So my take is plant hemlock. If we do have an insect, you know, that attacks, it's fine, we can take care of that. But out there in the landscape, it's really hard. If you have a question, give me a call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on NewsTalk WLOB.
3: Not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
2: At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy lobster compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Esbrooks. I'm Tom Estrook on this little bit of a dreary Saturday morning. Uh, you know, we've been talking about hemlocks and, you know, hemlocks, uh, sh- should we plant them or shouldn't we and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, I guess my take is, you know, I would recommend planting, you know, at least one in your yard if you have the space. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, yes, we have insects that attack plants. But we need good plant diversity. So, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. If we plant a monoculture or all the same type of plants in our yard, we have the opportunity, like Dutch elm disease, to wipe out our street trees, you know. Um, you know and we've got insects that are attacking some of our, you know, uh, other trees also, like um, emerald ash borer, you know, for instance, and, you know, whatnot. So certainly, you know, could be a big, big concern you know um so plant diversity to me is the biggest and most important thing so you know uh, i've got a question that came in uh from the phone is are they on the phone no, no all right she didn't want to stay okay when can you move perennial hibiscus oh this is a good question because it is a fairly tender plant um, my suggestion is i would recommend on perennial hibiscus probably to move them in the spring um, they have a large tap root uh, the one thing about perennial hibiscus they don't like to be moved so the opportunity for loss is pretty significant uh, they have a very long tap root they go straight down and moving in the fall concerns me. Um, If you have to move it in the fall, I would say it's tough because they're so beautiful right now, and they're in full bloom, and they're showing their glory, and the later in the season we cool down so much. So, uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't do it in the fall. It's probably one of those things where you're going to have more likely a, a situation where you're gonna lose the plant on perennial hibiscus. So spring and my suggestion is I would probably do it just about the time you're starting to see growth coming up out of the ground. And that way you know it's alive and it's and it's moving. Now, once you move it, my suggestion is number one, get as big a root system as you can. So start out, you know, two to three feet away from the root system and kind of work your root ball in until you find good root mass. And then make sure and get as deep as you possibly can. We want as much of that top, you know, that tap root as we possibly can. Moving it then, uh, you know, is a good thing. And then on top of that, good root stimulator. And considering thinking about I'm going... To treat this plant like I just bought it this year. With perennial hibiscus, the more we treat that plant like it's a brand new plant throughout the summer because of that taproot and getting good water periodically down deep. So maybe having a trickle on the plant um, is going to be important also. Uh, good fertilizer after you move it. You know, root stimulator for the first month and then after that we probably want to use something like Plantone. But I would recommend a spring transplant on that, because they're so active right now, and I don't want to take away root system. I want the energy all to go back into the roots. You could root prune the plant, and when I say that is stick a shovel down and go around the plant, depending on how old it is, two to three feet away from the crown of the plant, and root prune, and what' that's going to do is cut the side roots and make a more fibrous root system this fall. With the cooler temperatures, put some root stimulator around it like Biotone, which will work down into the soil after you root prune. That will set you up for a better, thicker root system come next spring. Uh, Probably you're going to move it Try to keep an eye on, on the plant when the new growth is maybe about three to four inches. So it'll just be starting to come out of the ground. Um, you know That way you know it's alive and you're not doing a bunch of extra work. I think moving it earlier in the season, you may shock the plant so much that it may crash on you. So let's make sure we have some growth there so that we have an opportunity to see if the plant is thriving or if it's really not happy. If it starts to wilt, you know, we may need to know we need a little more water or or whatnot. It will give us the signs on how to move the plant forward. So appreciate the question. Next time, yeah, stay on the line. Uh, 775-1310, don't be scared. I only bite a little bit. You know, so uh, 877-393-8255. Give me a call. Um, Next question is from Josh in New Gloucester. When should I pick my pumpkins? Um, They're still size. Are they still sizing up? They are quite orange at this time, and the vines are starting to yellow and have a lot of white spots on them. So, Josh, it's a great question because it's that time of year. We've started to sell pumpkins. We have pumpkins and gourds and ornamental squash and all of that stuff. Now, part of the question is when did you plant your pumpkins Because and what type of pumpkins? It's good to keep the varieties and days to harvest. Okay, so if you bought seed, a lot of times it will tell you. If you have a tag, it will tell you how long. And, you know, what I, I think you can do is right on the back of the tag, when you planted it, at what date, stick it into the ground. More often than not, if the pumpkin is orange, it's ready to pick. If your vines are yellowing, that means probably most of your size on your pumpkins, you're there. If they're green, sometimes you just they won't turn because you planted too late. So you have to kind of gauge it. The big thing about pumpkins, once the vine's yellow and it sounds like you've got powdery mildew on them, pretty much the pumpkins are done sizing up. There's no energy coming out of those vines anymore. They're not happy. So you can go ahead and probably pick most all of those pumpkins. They will continue to ripen some. But if they're green, let them be for a bit longer. If you've got some nice orange ones, take those off and let the energy go to the other pumpkins to get them to, to color up. So, you know, this time of year, it's time to start thinking about picking some of your pumpkins, getting them out of the patch, getting them good airflow around them, getting them out of the soil so they don't rot. And then, of course, you've got all the lovely animals like deer and crows and everything that will pick at the pumpkins as a food source. So getting them out of the garden isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's that time of year. It's also good to clean up those vines that have powdery mildew. Get them out of the garden. Um, Either get them in the compost pile if you're good about turning the compost or, you know, bag them up and get rid of them off the property. We want to take away any of that diseased growth and get it cleaned up. Try not to till those into the garden if you can. There's no need to inoculate the garden, you know, per se. Um, So, Infected growth, let's get it off, get it in the compost pile, turn it over, um, you know, and kind of make it happen. Or, you know, load it up in the truck or trailer and get it to your local compost facility. You know, great great to get that and start cleaning up your vegetable garden. That's something we haven't talked about. My vegetable garden is still producing quite well. Um, You know, things are kind of coming along. Uh, I do have some powdery mildew showing up on a few things. Um, We've got to do some extra harvesting here right away. We've got a fair amount of basil. We've got a fair amount of, um, you know, rosemary and thyme and some other uh, herbs that we need to, you know, kind of do our thing. Uh, zucchini and summer squash is still producing, uh, cucumbers were a big failure. We did have some cucumber, uh, vine borer like we had, or squash vine borer that, um, attacked those. Uh, and we've talked about that in past shows, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, stuff like that still coming on. I planted really late this year and my harvest is going to come in really late on some of that stuff. Tomatoes, they're pretty much done. I'm going to pick the last few tomatoes this week get the plants out of the garden and probably put a little cover crop in. Uh so Josh, I hope that helps. You know, go ahead, pick most of the pumpkins, leave a few more, start thinking about cleaning up. You know, it's it's kind of that time time of year. Secondly, we've got a question from Derek Volk. Uh and if any of you folks don't know Derek, uh he produces our boxes, our plant trays. And he's a great, great guy, great company. If you need packing materials, I would definitely recommend them. They've done a great job for us. And his questions here, I look out my window all day at a power station. It's pretty ugly. I was thinking about having a tree growing contest by my employees to plant a bunch of pine seedlings outside my window at work and then award prizes as they grow. I'll t- I'll call it Operation Improve Derek's View 2030. Is it too late to plant small trees? So Derek, here's a prime prime example. I love it. I think this is a great great thing. I love how you're kind of you know getting the crew involved and whatnot. At this time of year, sure, you could plant them, but they're not going to (laughs) grow. So improving 2030, you know, it might be (laughs) 2031. I would recommend you go ahead and plant them probably in the spring. That way your contest will be a little more fun. Uh, You know, it'd be terrible if the snowplow got all of them this winter and the contest was over before it started. So, you know, if you want to plant some of those, uh, you know, pine seedlings or or small trees, uh, you know, be great to do in the spring. That way, the employees have to care for them all season and fertilize and tend them and do all the things to make sure they get nice and big and beautiful. I would recommend maybe a competition on height would be a good one, Uh, a competition on best health a competition on how many people, you know, they can check off when they water them. You can be sitting at your desk, oh, Susie watered hers today. You know, <laughs> um, you know so there's all kinds of fun you could have around it. And then maybe a good prize would be, you know, a nice Estabrooks gift certificate. You know, uh, so if you're going to do this contest, I will donate a gift certificate to the winner okay i'm going to kind of get involved in this i I think this is kind of a cool, fun thing, and uh you know, so i'll do something uh for the winter also so let's talk you know over the off season and see what we can come up with on how we can improve derek volk's uh you know view and maybe we'll check in along the way. You can kind of give us some updates on how. The contest is going. If you have a contest and you want to run it at your business, that's, I think it's a great idea. It's good to get people involved. It's good to, you know, have kind of a fun thing going on for the crew. Uh, if you have some ideas of what you might like to do shoot me an email tom at com. i think it's a great idea you know get get people involved have fun with it uh, that's what gardening is about you know for the joy of gardening you know doesn't get better than that so i love it good good uh question Derek. Uh, hope to talk with you and we'll get something uh underway for next spring so absolutely great 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 idea um so we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more from the joy of gardening on news talk wlob
2: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more?
1: Casella Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape.
2: Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost. Its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs.
1: Earthlife NutriMulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients.
2: Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
1: You know those Black Friday doorbuster deals where they offer ridiculous prices on a few items? Well, imagine that on almost every item. Estabrooks and Scarborough and Kennebunk are closing for the season on Monday, October 14th, and all trees, shrubs, perennials, roses, ground covers, and annuals are now 40 to 50% off. You'll enjoy a head start on next spring, and you won't even have to camp out the night before. To learn more, visit Estabrooks and Scarborough or Kennebunk or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Can you feel the change coming? Leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Homegrown garden mums are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. A true harbinger of fall, these fantastic plants will bring the colors of autumn to your home all season long. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: welcome back to the joy of gardening by esterbrooks i'm tom esterbrook and uh, just had a question from derek volk and i have put a challenge out i like this uh this whole um get excited about plants and and improve his sight line of this power plant i i think this is a great idea uh so derek i hope you're listening uh, if you are give us a call Um, love to talk to you about it on the air. I think it's a great idea. Uh, if you have a question, give me a call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Just so everybody knows, uh, Derek also has the show right after us. Uh, it's called box talk and it's right after us. Uh, some great topics on the show. Uh, does a great job with it. So, um, tune into him also. I think it's a, it's a great scenario. So, uh, Hopefully maybe Derek we can talk about it on your show too. I think this is a great, great thing. If you have an idea of something like that for your business or, or whatnot, let's let's have fun with it. You know, let's work together. I think it's 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 fun to have fun with gardening and that's what, what uh we are all about at S Brooks and uh for the Joy of Gardening Radio Show. And um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit um about the question we had the caller that came in uh and, and gave a question but didn't want to be on air. I'm completely fine with that. It doesn't matter to me how I get a question. It really, really is important to me that I'm answering the questions that are on your mind. So if you don't feel comfortable about being on the air, it's fine. I might give you a little hard time about it, but that's all right. I'm fun like that. It's, you know, don't hesitate to call and give Debbie the question. I will answer it on the air right then. It's not a problem, um, you know, so don't feel like you can't ask questions in any way you want. Submit them online at estbrooksonline.com. Call us at the radio station. Give Debbie the question. If I don't fully answer it or you don't understand, call back. I want to make sure I'm clear and get all of the question answered so that you feel comfortable. So don't hesitate. Give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Like I talked about earlier in the show, we are going to go back to taped shows for the off season. So starting in October, we'll be taped. You won't be able to call in, but you can still submit the questions. We're going to kind of go into a programming, you know, situation where we're going to have a lot more guests, kind of topics like that. Let's face it, the gardening season's kind of waning. There's not a lot more, you know, we've got another maybe six weeks and then kind of it's cleaned up and wait for the snow. And enjoy our dwarf conifers and our, our lovely landscape in the winter because it is a lovely landscape in the winter. I love looking out the window with the snow and ice on on the plants and you know, all the birds kind of feeding and, and doing all of those things. So winter is a time to enjoy your garden. It's just we have to plan a little bit more. And let's face it, winter's two thirds of our season. Well, maybe not quite, but it feels like it sometimes. So you know. The show has been wonderful. We're going to cut back to an hour. It will be from 8 to 9, I believe. And, you know, so it's going to be an hour instead of two hours in the off season, And then we'll look to maybe bump it up again, you know, in the spring season when there's more to do and more to talk about, a lot more to, to cover. You know, so, you know, kind of ebb and flow with our season and be able to kind of handle things like that. So the last kind of topic I want to, I want to talk about today is cabbage and kale. And we had talked a little bit about a problem, some of the problems with cabbage and kale, but it's underused. It's one of those items that, you know, it's great because it's late season. It's the thing that thrives around Thanksgiving. It's a thing late October, mid October, through Thanksgiving that gives you that color contrast in your landscape. The mums will be done by then. There won't be a lot going on, you know, at that time. But cabbage and kale keep rewarding you time and time again late in the season. So we have an excellent crop of cabbage and kale, and we schedule our cabbage and kale to be a little bit later. We don't want it to compete with the mums. So right now it's not oversized. There's not a lot of yellowing leaves. You know, we continually are are putting some thuricide or BT on them to keep the cabbage worm off. And they'll come into their glory, you know, in October. So when you're thinking about doing some of your containers, maybe it's your window boxes, use cabbage and kale as the accents in there and then add some pumpkins when the mums go by. You can go ahead and cut the pumpkins right off, uh, the mums right off, and you can just place some pumpkins or gourds or whatnot in your window boxes, and you have beautiful window boxes all the way to Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, you can empty them out, and you can just go ahead and add your greens and go right into Christmas mode. I think that is a really attractive, great look, low-maintenance, easy. So you add in the cabbage and kale with your mums, maybe some fall pansies, other things in your window boxes. And then when the annuals don't look good, you just cut them off. Leave the soil in there and just place a few pumpkins, gourds, some you know little corn stalks or little grass, you know, And just stick it into the container, and it'll be this beautiful fall festival kind of look for the rest of the season. Okay? So, you know, great way to continue to decorate late.
4: We have a question, Tom. Oh, boy. I think we can maybe make it. All right. We'll go quick. This gentleman has a large lilac in a pot, and he wants to put it in the ground today. Yes. What do you recommend? Okay.
0: Here's, you know, anything we're planting today. Okay. So we're going to basically take it out of the pot. Okay. We're going to dig a hole twice the size of the root ball, but no deeper. Good root stimulator. A nice compost to enrich the soil that comes out of the hole. Backfill with that soil and water it in very well. Okay? I'm not I, I'm sure it's established in the pot or it, maybe it's one you put in a pot earlier in the season, but that's the biggest thing, the root stimulator, good compost to mix with the soil. You can visit our website at com and just search planting instructions. That will give you step by step what you should do, how to dig the hole, what size, all of the different techniques you need. If you have any questions, give me a call in the Yarmouth store. You can call me at 846-4398, and I'd be happy to talk to you anytime after probably 930, 10 o'clock. Obviously, i got to travel there after the show here. But, you know, don't hesitate to call me if you have any questions. You know, but that's always a good reference. It kind of is step-by-step tells you a great situation. I love that you're calling and asking your questions. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to be in that situation where you don't feel comfortable. So however you want to be comfortable, I think that's great. I love it. That's what it's about. I want good answers. Make sure you're comfortable. Don't hesitate to contact me at the store. I'll be there all weekend long. My managers are off. I'm running the show. And it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, You know, the weather looks amazing for today. I'm looking forward to a great day. All kinds of fresh materials coming to the store. Don't forget, 40 to 50% off in Scarborough and Kennebunk. On clearance, I hope you enjoy your weekend. Try to stay dry and enjoy your weekend.